Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Thiering, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Hey, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane Cassidy, Lactation Consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And we are going to, we have kind of a fun um a fun little show for you today. Show. I don't know, like we're Oprah, but it's kind of like, <laughs> it's cool because somebody, we, we do get emails, you know, about asking us questions about things and stuff like that. Um, and somebody sent an email to Abby at thebadassbreastfeeder.gmail.com if you want to join in on the fun. We said, we told you to send us questions and we'll talk about them on the podcast. And yeah. We, you know, we're serious. So totally. So this one is cool, and Abby's going to read it, and it's a whole, it's a story, but I think a lot of people could relate to it, and we're going to just talk about what this mama went through and ways to kind of get past it and answer some of her questions at the end. And she did um, give us approval, so I don't want anybody to think that we're just, like, throwing stuff out there. Right. <laughs> but we did yes. make sure so that she was okay. If you we'll talk about your situation. Yes, absolutely. So Abby's going to read it for us, and I'm going to... Try not to let my head explode and let everybody hear. Yeah. <laughs> Wait yeah. to hold your hold your hold your flowers until the end. I'll make notes. How about that? <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. okay. So this is from Laura. She's from Minnesota, and she is currently 29 weeks pregnant. Um, and her she has a daughter right now who is 17 months old. So that's what we some background information. Uh, and she says this last podcast. The bit going back to work uh, podcast reminded me of things that I should probably ask before I panic once the baby comes. When my daughter was born, I quit my job because it made no sense to pay for daycare when I would be making as much money as daycare would cost. I'm glad I stayed home because I can't imagine how stressful trying to figure out pumping and finding a daycare can be. Anyway, my daughter was gaining weight for the first month or so. We saw three doctors before we came across one we liked, and we also found a lactation consultant that found a tongue tie and at two weeks old. Even though the tongue tie rev- revision wasn't the weight-gaining problem, it was still nice to not feel pain on my nipples. Yeah. So a few things happened. We saw a pediatrician that someone recommended to me at four days old. This doctor was concerned that my daughter had lost 10% of her body weight and had not gained any of it back in those four days. I had been in labor for two days and hooked to IV fluids for 24 hours before my kid was born. I'm thinking that had a lot to do with how swollen she was, even though the doctor assured me that it wasn't a factor at all. Uh, So this pediatrician recommended seeing a lactation consultant to help help me feed since I, quote, wasn't producing enough. Unquote. I scheduled the appointment for that same day, and the lactation consultant suggested cold hands on my newborn so she wouldn't fall asleep at the breast, and for me to feed her 15 minutes on each side and then pump 15 minutes on each side while my boyfriend fed the baby formula all while we got my supply up. Keep in mind that I had been going to a La Leche League, going to La Leche League meetings and reading about breastfeeding since I was 14 weeks pregnant because that's all I could do to manage my anxiety. I thought I was more than prepared to feed this baby when the time came. I was broken when I started with problems to do the one thing that I thought I was really knowledgeable and prepared to do. So that day, we got my breast pump set up and formula for my four-day-old baby. The flanges destroyed my nipples because, of course, I had a bigger size than I needed. Who knew they had different sizes, right? We brought her two days later... 
to weigh her. Now, she's six days old, and she hadn't gained much. I was still reluctant to give formula, so we did only once a day, and I kept the baby to the breast all day long. I was still pumping any time she would fall asleep, but she didn't sleep for long unless she was in my arms. The lactation consultant, who I later found out was actually a pediatrician that did lactation consulting as an extra, told us what to do and to come back in a week. A week later, I came back, this time without my boyfriend, who is, by the way, my rock. I did not think I would have gotten, I don't think I would have gotten where I did without him. I had to see a different pediatrician because it was, it was the only one that had an available appointment. All this is at the same clinic and location. This lady weighs my daughter, who was 10 days old, and sees and says, your baby is starving just because she hadn't gained weight. She tells me my kid is starving Marvin. Quote, yes, she literally said that. And that I just couldn't handle being a new mom and trying to figure out the pumping and breastfeeding on my own. She asked if anyone could help me at home, and I said no, since my family lives in Florida and I live in Minnesota. So she says that maybe she can call the hospital to get me and my daughter admitted so that I can have time to pump and put my daughter on an IV. That all the nurses at the hospital would help me since I had no help at home. At this point, I'm crying so much because I felt like I was the worst mother in the whole world, yet something in my gut kept telling me that my kid was totally fine. So what's it going to be? Will you give your... Will you give her formula or should I call the hospital? That's what that B-I-T-C-H asked me last week. Asked me last. That was what she said to her, her last comment. Uh, My daughter was happy when in my arms. She nursed a lot, but that's what babies do. She slept in my arms or in my bed next to me. She was actually a very happy kid as long as I was right there with her. She wasn't losing weight, just not gaining any. She had her wet and poopy diapers. She was alert when her daddy held her. The day I came out of that clinic so scared, my kid was going to be taken from me. At least that's what I was thinking was going to end up happening. I called my boyfriend and he was so mad. He couldn't believe this lady bullied me into giving formula to my kid. That day we gave my daughter four ounces of formula because that's what the doctor recommended. My kid passed out. She slept for five hours straight, which she had never done. And when we tried waking her up, she would not. She was in a food coma. Once awake, she didn't want to breastfeed, so I had to pump my already hurting boobs. That was the last time we gave her formula in that big quantity. We found a different lactation consultant at a different clinic that finally found a posterior tongue tie. We got it revised, and it helped with latch, but not the weight gaining. My daughter was gaining a few ounces every few weeks, but doctors couldn't find anything wrong with her at all. She was just a very petite kid. This lactation consultant, even though she was very helpful... She still suggested formula. I still didn't feel like my baby needed it since she was just fine at my boobs. Yet she was there all day long. Yeah, she was there all day long, but I had nothing better to do besides feeding her and holding her. Our journey with that lactation consultant ended because I felt confident enough to do it alone. So here we go now with our second baby, and I'm already stressed out about what might or could happen once he is born. My midwife suggested a lactation consultant and that I should see her even before I have my baby just so I can calm my anxiety and find the right tools to tackle whatever possible situations. But this is the thing. How do I know what lactation consultant is legit? The other two I saw were suggesting formula and pumping. Feeding my kid two ounces of breast milk every two hours just wasn't enough, according to them. The first lactation consultant was a doctor, and the second one, even though she was better, she still didn't fully support breastfeeding. 
I felt like. Now this one, now this one, my midwife suggested I was going to schedule the appointment and the website of the clinic lists her as a nurse practitioner. It doesn't say anywhere she is a lactation consultant. So I'm very skeptical about how do I find a lactation consultant that is going to really work with me in case of problems or questions instead of one that will push me to formula feed because that's just easier for everyone. My kid, by the way, never gained, cra never gained crazy weight even when introduced to solids at six months. She is really just a small kid. She eats a lot and even with all the eating, she is still on the smaller side of the charts. So where are these magical lactation consultants and how do I know they are legit? Is it impossible to find a good one that insurance will actually cover? Can they be doctors or nurse practitioners too? Does it have to be a hippie lady that lives in a bamboo house? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, how do I find a person that isn't so doctorish? Should I even try scheduling the appointment with this lady? I'm just afraid of once again getting wrong or inclusive inclusive information where I, it just creates more doubts in myself as a mother. Now her and I went back and forth and she ended up sending me a couple more extra paragraphs. So here we go. Um, the midwives I see are part of, of uh, Fairview clinics and they are amazing. I love them. And the LC, the lactation consultant they recommended is the one that works in their same building. Um, it says her name. I'm not going to say that. Um, but it doesn't say lactation consultant, and that's what is confusing. So it, it, it um, lists her, this person, as a, as a nurse practitioner. Um, it doesn't say that she's a lactation consultant, and that is what is confusing. That's what makes me wonder if clinics don't actually hire lactation consultants or if not something they all need. I can't wait for the podcast. I'm excited in the meantime. Oh, so I told her that we were going to read this on the air. So she's okay. um I'm just going to wait a little longer to make the appointment since I think maybe I really should talk to one before baby number two, because even one of the lactation consultants that I saw when everything was happening, she said that the shape of my breasts weren't normal and that normally that is an indication of low supply. I've seen other boobs and they look like mine. So I don't know. And when I, <laughs> and when I mentioned it to my midwife, she didn't know what I was talking about. Tubular breasts in quotes. This is what she's been this person told her she has tubular breasts, but my mom breastfeed all three of us exclusively for six months and then some more. And she looks like me. So I don't think that's an issue. The end. <sighs> Can we reserve like eight podcasts? Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> my God. <laughs> yes. So were you making notes along the way? Should we start at the beginning? Was I was making time? notes. Okay. I'm, I'm assuming that you were kind of. <laughs> yes. Underlining totally. as you were going. Yeah. So, First of all, the IV fluids with the labor is absolutely evidence-based. Yes, that it will cause uh, inflated weight gain and more weight loss in a baby. Okay, that has so been proven. When she tells it, it has nothing to do with it. Yes, that has been proven to be a thing. And those babies and it also makes logical sense. All right. And those babies may, you know, they, they weigh a little bit more at birth and then they drop that weight very quickly. And it's, I mean, it happens all the time. You see it all the time. And then they're slower to come back up. So when you have one of those, you know, I always ask moms if, when babies drop really quickly or drop a lot and they're coming up really slowly. I'm like, okay, well, you know, well, was it an induction? Was it a long labor? Did they give you lots of fluids? Mm -hmm. All that stuff. Cause it all plays into it. Um, 
I know that she said that she she appreciated the help that she got from the lactation consultant that she ended up settling in with. But the thing about the cold hands, oh. I, mean, I don't even know if we should talk about this right now, but because oh. it's such a small thing in the in the you know center of everything else. But yes, but let's just mention it because I mean, I can't even with that. Like, I'm just there's so many other ways to wake up your baby. Why don't you just poke him in the eye? I mean, <laughs> you know, no. Would you like to have cold hands on your, I mean, like, imagine, you know, your partner comes in from work or whatever and gets into bed and puts cold hands on you. That's horrible. Oh my God. I yelled at Tom the other day for doing that. <laughs> I was like, ah, but yeah. it's just, yeah. So try not to do that. Your baby. People tell me that all the time. Oh, I put a cold washcloth. It didn't work. Da, da, da. There's tons of things that you can do to keep your baby awake that do not include torturing them with cold devices. Yeah. Making just, them cry and making them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she has said a couple times in this, in this email that she really had a lot of anxiety about this. Yeah. And it is really like such a pet peeve of mine that, or I shouldn't say when medical providers do not appreciate that and do not pick up on that. Right. And, and, and they're perpetuating it. Yeah. I mean, they're making her anxiety so much worse. And I think this is why people end up with so much anxiety to begin with, because there's right. so much bad information that goes against what the mom feels in her gut and it doesn't make sense. Right. And the, yeah. And they're, and they're not, um, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and we're going to talk about that more when we do a postpartum issue, but that's totally, yeah, that drives me crazy. Now, four days old, they had her supplementing with formula. We're, can we give it half a chance here? Mine, oh, mine was the first day. I mean, that... my baby didn't make it through the first day. Oh God, mm -hmm. that drives... they said he was starving. I mean, he was like barely hours old. He was starving. Oh my God, please. I mean, can we at least wait till the milk comes in? Right. I mean, her milk probably wasn't even in yet, and babies will continue to lose up to, you know, when the mom's milk starts to come in. They don't really. You don't start seeing a weight gain until twenty four hours after the milk comes in. So mm -hmm. for babies that go to the peds office and peds are up, oh, they're, they're losing. Well, yeah, they're losing because it's like day three and the milk's That's not normal. in yet and it's normal. Right. Yeah. It's and they're fine. not starving. They were just born. Right. They were just sucking you dry for nine months, taking all your energy, taking all your nutrients, taking everything. Yeah. They're so fine. What the questions you should be asking in this situation, if you go to your pediatrician's office and I work in a peds office part time, so this is what we do here. When um, mom comes in, the baby's not gaining well, is the milk starting to come in? Is mom starting to feel that fullness? You know, what's going on mm -hmm. there? Is the baby pooping and peeing? Is the baby jaundiced? If the baby's jaundiced, then, you know, there's a little bit more of a risk factor there, but we can work with it. Um, has she been pumping? Can we get her pumping to try to increase things so that she doesn't have to supplement with formula and we can just use the milk. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do before jumping right to the formula. Really? Like it doesn't have right. to go right there, especially right. if that's not where mom wants it to be. And it's, and she was, sounds like she was pretty vocal about, I didn't want to give the baby formula and they really bullied her into it. They told they her, did, we will yeah. hospitalize you. No. Oh, God. Like who, who yeah. wants to pick that? Right. And she, and, the, and then the doctor puts it in this very threatening way, which then, you know, the mom correctly, or no, I don't want to say correctly, but obviously interpreted as like, do this or we're going to call, you know, child services. And it's a terrible thing absolutely, to tell a new mother. Absolutely, absolutely terrible to tell a mom. Who's that, already yeah. struggling with anxiety to begin with. Yeah. 
And so let's just for like a tiny sidetrack. So you said you don't have to automatically go to formula. When, when, when do you have to go to formula? Is there, are there situations where you have to go to formula? I think there are, but it's not as frequent as people think it is. So you would have to go to formula if there truly was a milk supply issue. Yeah, like if mom has that, what's it called? The um, like the insufficient glandular tissue, or yes, right, something right. like well, that. She yeah. actually actually has like a diagnosed medical condition that right. prevents her from developing a full milk supply. Exactly. And a lot of people think that they have that, but they don't. <laughs> like it's not, it's rare. Correct. It's, yeah, it's pretty rare. Um, so for women not to make enough milk, like it would have to be something like that, something hormonal, something that's been with you your whole life, or a breast surgery. Those are, I mean, there's not a lot. And even with those things, you can still breastfeed. I was going to say, even with breast surgery, it's not automatic. Right. right? No, not even. No, I've had tons of women that breastfed very successfully with breast surgeries. So it's really, and with hormonal issues. So even if you have something, if you're like sitting there listening, going, oh my gosh, I had a breast surgery or, oh my gosh, I had, you know, this hormonal issue my whole life. Like that doesn't mean there's going to be a problem. It just means that it's like a risk factor. Right. But... If we have, and then, he, and then especially you, mom out there who has these situations, definitely need to be working with a lactation consultant. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, you know, somebody can try to help you increase your milk supply as much as possible, or you know, that kind of thing. Now, she had also, like, I lost count of how many different providers she even saw, even within the same clinic, and that's a problem too. Because they're all, I feel like they're all kind of giving her different things and nobody's really helping her. Yeah. And these are, because these are like pediatricians, they don't know, right? I mean, these are doctors and they're not trained in this. Which brings me to the next thing. She said like, what is an LC? What is a lactation consultant? Was I actually seeing one or not? And I'm wondering too, was she actually seeing one? Right. Because what can happen is a lot of, a lot of offices will have somebody that they designate okay, you're going to be our lactation person. You're going to be the one that's, you know, maybe they have an interest in it. Maybe they took, you know, a, a course or a couple of courses on it or whatever. They talked, they talked to one one time. Right, you know, like something. Somehow they got designated as the lactation person. And, you know, like, good for that practice that that's, they're, they're actually picking it out there and finding right. somebody that can, help, you know, work with the mom. But if they are not truly an IBCLC, if that is not behind their name, if they did not take that board exam, and do those clinical hours that you have to do and do the reading and do the studying and do all of that coursework that you have to do to become one. If they didn't do that, they are not a lactation consultant. And, and, and so IBCLC means international board certified lactation consultant, right? And that's, yes. and that's, and that's diff cause there are right. Aren't there also, just straight up lactation consultants or lactation educators? There's lactation educators. Thing? Yep, there's lactation educators. And that means that they are trained to teach classes and stuff like that. Okay. They're, they don't do like clinical hours so they can, you know, sure. run around and solve problems. And then there's okay. lactation counselors. Okay. Now, lactation counselors, certified lactation counselors. This is where sometimes it gets confusing because they're fantastic. It's a week-long, 40-hour course that's, you know, really gets into a lot of stuff. And it's, it's really like the stepping stone into being a lactation consultant. Okay. Um, and a lot of doctor's offices will send a nurse there and, you know, they'll have it. We have a CLC or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
there's very, very little clinical involved in that course. Yeah. And there's a lot of counseling involved in that course. So it teaches you how to counsel moms. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily teach you how to solve big problems. Okay. And so you are an IBCLC. Yes. And what was your education and your training and your, uh, what was your, what was the scope of that? What did that look like? All right. So, let so me- we've got, so we've got lactation. Well, let's just tell us that. Cause you talked about the week long course. Okay. Let's talk about you. What okay. did you go through? So what I went through is I did the week long course and then I decided I wanted to do all the rest. I was not a nurse at the, t- I mean, I'm not a nurse now either, but I was not a nurse. And if you're not a nurse, you have to do, you had to do more clinical hours. They have changed things a little bit since then. Um, but when I did it, they, because I did not have college background in like nutrition or, you know, anything like that, that or nursing or anything like that, mm-hmm. I was required to do 6,000 clinical hours. Oh my God. Along with, you know, the 90 hours of lactation specific education. Mm-hmm. And specific courses like physiology um, or anatomy and physiology and, you know, sociology and psychology and child development and all this different stuff. So I did all that. And then you have to take and pass the board exam, which is hard. It's really mm-hmm. hard. But um, I did that. I did my 6,000 clinical hours. It took years. I worked for WIC. I worked at a hospital. I worked under a lactation consultant in a hospital. I was doing all this stuff, did all my hours, did all my reading, did everything I had it to do. Then I sat for the board exam and I passed it. And then I decided that since I wasn't a nurse, I wanted a little bit more behind me. And I ended up going on to Union Institute and University, which does a whole lactation, um, lactation schooling. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting a bachelor's degree in lactation and maternal child health, and then a master's degree in lactation and health and wellness. So I've got okay. master's so in lactation. Different. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a master's in lactation and 6,000 clinical hours on top of 10 years of just doing lactation. That's all I do is lactation. So okay. sometimes you'll have a nurse, you know, or somebody that's like, okay, they worked in labor and delivery. They latched a baby every day and they helped a mama through her first two days of life every day. And they can sit for the board exam, which is great because we need LCs in the hospital. But I had to do 6,000 clinical. I saw everything. A lactation specific? Yes. Not just I'm running around here in a hospital and then that counts. No. It was lactation specific. Okay. So moms, now you understand now the difference between everyone else and an IBCLC and why you want to be looking when you're having issues and needing to see somebody for help while you're looking for those letters, IBCLC. Yeah. It's really important. It is really important. It's like the difference between somebody saying, Oh yeah, you know, I'm going to go see a doctor for this very, very, very important issue. And somebody saying, ah, I've got this nursing assistant here. That'll be enough for you. Right. I have cancer. I'm going to see this, yeah, this nurse. But a lot of times, People I mean, don't know. Fantastic, yeah. But, but people don't know that there is a big difference. They don't know how, but, how big of a difference it is. And then they say, oh, this is our lactation consultant when it really is right. not one. Right. Right. And this, I didn't even know what a lactation consultant was until I had a baby. I mean, people don't know. I think people don't know that this even exists. Right. You know, and that it is this advanced of a, of a degree or of a, of a license and that, 
and how important it is. Right. You know, and how, and how anyone else doesn't have that level of training. It's very specific. Even your doctor. See, we have this thing. I always going rants on doctors, but like, it's true. It's this, that they are not trained in lactation. They are not. So yeah, your doctor is not really. So back to Laura, the doctor's not knowing she's getting three different, four different answers from people who are not trained. And and it's one of the reasons why she's getting so many different answers. Yeah. So for her, like if she were in my, if she were calling me, I would want to know like, are you, what's happening with the pumping? She didn't mention that in the email. She mentioned that she was doing it, but we don't know, like, was it, was she getting milk? Was she giving the milk to the baby? Like, we don't really know about that. Some Mm -hmm. babies do. I mean, the cool thing about breastfeeding is that babies do gain the way they're supposed to. And babies don't gain how everybody, you know, like what happens on a chart. So yeah. it very well could be that that was her genetic makeup. This is just how she is. She's just smaller. She's just gaining a little bit less. Do we look at, mm-hmm. you know, is she meeting her milestones? Is she, you know, doing everything she's supposed to be doing? Is she pooping and peeing? Which, you know, mom said in this email, yes, she was. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't sound like there was a milk supply problem to me. I mean, she said the baby was eating all the time. Um, there's no, and she's definite I'm things sorry. that I would look for if she was like sitting right in front of me, but I don't feel like she had that kind of guidance at all. No. And she said that she got two of these ties. She got a lip tie or a tongue tie and then a posterior tongue tie, um, revised. Yeah. And so her, the pain was gone and it sounds like that she would normally have, but that the baby was getting milk. Yeah. Right. That the baby is drinking milk. She said that she was breastfeeding on demand and the baby was drinking. Yes. But now here you have this mom who's, you know, first week of life, first 10 days of of the baby's life, and she's feeding, pumping, feeding, pumping, feeding, Mm. pumping. I mean, that's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't want any moms to have to do that if they don't have to. I know. I remember putting my baby down so that I could pump. Yeah. Like, now I think, like, what a, that's so counter helpful. (laughs) You know, like, my baby's right there, like, wanting to nurse, like, getting upset. I remember sitting there, I would try to entertain him while I was pumping, and it was like, oh my God, (laughs) just put him on my boob. Like, that's what, you know, there's no pump that can match. But to say your baby's a starving Marvin. Oh my God, and just the basic disrespect, which was last. Was that last week's episode or two yeah. weeks ago oh, yeah. of the of the doctor conversation and how how disrespectful I mean really anybody can be and how how painful and how yeah like how you're already so anxious you're already feeling like you, something's wrong with your child you don't know what it is and then oh he's a, she's a, he she is a starving Marvin I mean and I don't know if they really realize when you're supplementing with formula and there have been times okay if you have to do it to get over the hump. And then, you know, then we can get rid of it if it comes down to that. You know, if it really is, a, if the doctor is really concerned that the baby's not gaining weight or whatever, we can work with it. But there's really a fine line because if you overfeed, then the babies aren't going to go to the back to the breast well. Yeah, so right. it's like if you're breastfeeding and then, okay, give then top them off with formula like people like to say to do. If yeah. you do too much, then they're not going to breastfeed well. So right, no. they're going to be full for the next half a day. Right. And they'll be engorged. So then we're going to get into this downward spiral of things not working right. And it's not going to get fixed. 
So it's, it's really, you really have to work with somebody on this that really knows what they're talking about. And I, she just, I feel like she got sabotaged. So she wants to know, um, how do you know if they're legit? Like we said, they have to have an IBCLC behind their name. That's Mm -hmm. how do you find these people? Yeah. And then when you do find them, how do you know that they're not going to work against you? Or just because she's saying that she thought that she was seeing lactation consultants and they were telling her to supplement with formula. Yeah. And that's that's frustrating. It really is. Um, that's a harder problem to solve. Yeah, that is. I mean, if they're in your doctor's office, they're going to do what the doctor wants them to do. Yeah. You know, they're going to be their hands are going to be tied that way. If it's a private lactation consultant, I would think that they would be less likely to do that. If they, you know, didn't have to. Yeah. Um, so that's really that's yeah, that's frustrating you have to really like trust the person that's working with you. Yeah. Just like anybody else who's Mm -hmm. working with you. And when you through the whole process or ever, anybody who's working with your body on any level, you know, and, and I think that, you know, she did see a bunch of different people, but she was, she was right to not go back to people who weren't, who were making her, you know, who she thought were just not working or not right. Yeah. And I love how she said that, you know, she trusted her gut that her baby was fine. And that's a really important piece here because your mom instinct is really strong and it's going to carry you far. And even though she was, you know, being told all this stuff and trying to get the help that she needed and, you know, really just doing so much for herself and her baby, she was anxious about it. She wasn't sure she's a first time mom and just trying to do the right thing. But she's like, no, my gut told me that everything was fine. And that's important. You know, it's really Absolutely. important to, to listen to that because your baby, you know, your baby better than anybody else. Yeah. Does. Yeah. And, and I, and I, I, I had a, a lucky experience where when I reached out to La Leche League, I got in touch with somebody who was very, very helpful and I continue to know her today and I refer people to her. And, and that's, a, that's, that's something that I think that we need to do more of is we need to be connecting moms. And so that people can be connecting with each other and through word of mouth, getting people who are the reliable people, you know, the people, mm-hmm. this mom had a really good experience. She, you know, this person helped her reach her goals. And, and then that person can say to you like, Hey, I know you're having problems. This person really worked for me, you know, or you can say, oh, I, I saw her. She told me to use formula, you know, and if that's not what you want to do, then that then, you know, like moms, no, moms will like moms can make or break your career, yeah. <laughs> you know, and they, they should be able to, you know, we should be, we should be like, see this person. I totally recommend her. I don't recommend this person at all. Yeah. I mean, I go around all Chicago bad-mouthing this one dental office. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. You know? And I'm like, please do not go there. Please do not go there. Because people, it's, like, popular. And people are like, oh, I was going to go there. I'm like, don't. <laughs> don't go there. And I feel like I, I feel very proud because I feel like I'm saving people's lives. I'm like, oh, oh my God. God. Like, well, I to save you from them. Oh, my God. That's you know? so funny. That's what we should be doing because yeah. we know. And now I know that this woman here in Chicago really worked for me. And I can refer everyone in Chicago to this person. And she'll be happy, happy to help you. It's really, you, the other thing too is, um, ILCA, International Lactation Consultant Association, they have a database and you could just go on there and if it's, you know, say like find a lactation consultant or whatever and put a person's name in and it'll tell you if they're a lactation consultant or not. And you can also search that website, right? To find someone in your area. Yeah, absolutely. Can we put that, can we put that link in the, when we post this? Yes. I will tell my producer. After like, Hey honey. Yeah. 
<laughs> um, yep, absolutely. Because that would be good. And then you guys can look it up. And so she did talk about um, insurance. And so that's a bigger issue. Ugh. And there's not always by insurance. No, it's not. And there's no magical answer for that because since we do not have the kind of insurance in this country where everybody has the same thing, everybody's got something different and every insurance company does something different. So even though they're supposed to be covering lactation services, according to the Affordable Care Act, they are supposed to be covering out of hospital lactation. Many of them are not. So you have to call your insurance company and find out what it is that they are doing. Sometimes a flex spending or a health savings account will cover it. Sometimes, you know what? You got to pay out of pocket. Or that, that health, yeah, that health savings. I think that's what we have. Cause I, I have, I have like horrible hip issues from like everything from birth to baby wearing to lifting too many weights and running too much. And, um, I, went to a chiropractor one that was highly recommended and it's not covered under my insurance and I got to pay out of pocket, but I'm going to do it cause it's my body. Right. And, and I just got to do it. And not to say that everyone has this money, but you know, people do buy, people do buy all kinds of stuff for their baby. They, you know, I have to, and I go on this too. You know, we, we don't question, we never question buying, you know, a crib and six swings and two strollers and the bouncy thing and the, all this stuff for our kids. But like, then it comes to things that I think are essential, like a baby carrier or a lactation consultant. And we're like, Oh, we don't have money for that. Mm -hmm. You know? And again, not to say that people don't have different financial situations, but we have to step back and, and, and really prioritize, I think what we're, what we're spending with our babies. But if you're having a breastfeeding problem and you don't want to spend money on a lactation consultant, you're going to end up spending money on formula. Yeah. So take your pick because it's an important thing. It really is. It's an important thing. Yeah, it is. All right. So I think what we're going to do, because there's so much to talk about with this episode and so much, and we don't want to stop. We yeah. don't want to go. We don't want any questions to go unanswered. Yes. Um, but. My producer yells at me if we go longer than 30 minutes or so. He's like, stop going so long. So he is a slave driver. But um, we, so tune in next week because we're going to, we are going to solve Laura's problem. We are going to talk more about this and we are going to um, hash some more of this stuff out and see if we can make her feel better about this next baby that's coming. Yeah. So, so stay tuned. For part stay two. tuned. Bye. Bye.